Morgan. Bill Michaels Show. On the air, we are glad to have you. We uh, just had Mike Clemens at uh, Packers Training Camp. We had Mark Daniels at Packers Training Camp. Going to talk with Lily Zhao from Fox 6 about an hour from now at Packers Training Camp. So all of that coming up. We'll get back into some Brewers chatter as well. Brett Bielema, the head coach, uh, former head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, the head coach now of uh, Illinois. Uh, he uh, had a discussion with uh, with our own Ben Kenny and Zach Cowperin. Now, Ben, did he sit down with you guys, or was this at the podium? No, it was with us. So Zach awesome. told me if I did not get Brett Bielema on, I probably would not get a ride home. So Excellent. it was necessary. I tried all day yesterday. I talked to their guys. I talked to him, but he was busy with a lot of stuff. The Big Ten yeah. Network always kind of comes first, so we go. We plan around that. And then we were entering in our second-to-last break at I guess it was four thirty there local time, right. and we just see him walking around. Kind of looks like he was done with everything, but I just went up, you know, and brought him yeah. over, asked him if we could have five minutes. So it worked out. Excellent, excellent. So you guys had a chance to sit down and talk with Brett Bielema, and uh, you, you go ahead and set this up because I want to listen to it. The Zach Halpern part or just yeah, Brett Bielema? Just in general. Just in general. I want to hear it. So, I mean, years ago when Bielema left Wisconsin, obviously there were some bridges burned. The fan base was not thrilled with how that all ended up, how it was played. He goes to Arkansas, doesn't have any success. He is now back at Illinois, but he will be coming to Madison for the first time since leaving as head coach uh, where, I mean, he won the last Big Ten titles Wisconsin has. So very successful tenure there. When he left, there was a Wisconsin-based trend on Twitter that whenever Arkansas lost, people would tweet hashtag karma about Bielema, Mm -hmm. kind of dancing on the grave of someone who just left this program. Zach partook at least a little bit, and (laughs) that led to both Brett and his wife, Jen, blocking Zach on Twitter. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about Illinois and about media day and the current state of college football but what we really wanted to ask is if he could unblock Zach. Okay, there you go. So, Brett Bielema, I, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't even think, is it just Brett Bielema? Is is, is he just Brett Bielema on, on Twitter? What is it? What is his account? Let me check again. I believe it's just Brett Bielema. There's one T, though, B-R-E-T. B- oh, okay, maybe that's the reason. Yeah, it's just Brett. I, I think you'll be fine unless you've been tweeting. Oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah, karma. I follow him. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure I wasn't blocked because I don't know. I don't normally partake in stuff like that, but I wanted to make sure because I'm thinking I haven't seen a Brett Bielema tweet in a while, so I, I'd have to go back and look at it. So anyway, so you guys had a chance to sit down and chat with him, and we're going to listen to the conversation, correct? Yeah. Audio's a bit fuzzy. There's a lot of, when you're live with a lot of TV and radio stations and podiums going going on, Yeah, sometimes the audio's a bit you know, you got to max okay. other things, but yeah, it's, you know. All right. Is what well, is. let's do this. Former head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, guy that dislikes one Zach Heilprin, which is hard to believe because Zach uh, is such a cuddly bear. It's not that hard but, to uh, believe. <laughs> but Fred Bielema joining uh, Kenny and Heilprin. Here we go. Slightly unexpectedly, we're now joined at the table. Illinois head coach, obviously former Wisconsin head coach, Brett Bielema. So year two. 
as Illinois' head guy. Is 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 this different at all, coming back to Big Ten Media Day after last season? Well, last year, you know, um, well, it was my first year, but it was, it was the first one that had it in a while because of COVID, right? So it was kind of a coming back for everyone. Um, I think for me personally, year two, this is my 14th media day as a head coach, uh, 15th overall because I came to this event as a player. Uh, so uh, it's always a little bit different. Each year has a different feel. I think that the thing that's crazy about college football and obviously you guys you know cover this for a living but um i think back in the day when it started it used to be more about the team and about the stories of the of the program and the players right and and uh less about the world right and now it's all everything is the global look at at, at everything from expansion to nil to portals which are great conversations but i think the guys that get get the short end of the stick are the players so, as you mentioned, it is year two at Illinois. Wisconsin came to Illinois last year, uh, and uh, that was a story, obviously. And I, and I know, actually, when we asked you about this earlier, you don't want it to be about you. Yeah. But you are coming back to Wisconsin Definitely. for the first time in October, and it's, uh, it's going to be different, yes. right? What, kind of, what, what are you expecting when you when you come in? What kind of reception are you expecting? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. I mean, I, I, I had... So many great friends and relationships and and people, um, you know. And, and obviously, when I made the move to leave out of there, there was a lot said and done, right? Um, Coach Alvarez and I are uh, as close as we've ever been now, you know. And, and back to that relationship, Paul and I have always uh, had a great relationship. So uh, I can't tell you what a crowd's going to do, right? Uh, but I can tell you that uh, you know the time that we had there. Um, for me personally, you know. Uh, uh, a lot of the things we accomplished on the field, three Big Ten championships, a lot of wins, uh, a lot of successful, uh, um, you know, young men that came in that program and left, I think, in a better spot and left the university. Um, have quite a few of those guys that worked for me or played for me are now with me at Illinois. Um, uh, so, so that part will be determined by by the day, but um, it doesn't take away from anything that we've accomplished in the championships. You know, no one's no one's won one since I left, right? Uh, you know, so I think the. The fact those championships are very special, and the fact they came three in a row was pretty awesome. I was actually talking to—we had Barry on yesterday, and he was wearing his 2012-13 Big Ten ring. It's, it, it means something. It's, it stays yeah. with people, and yeah. those are championships. I mean, you go back to 1993, and it starts in 93, and you win six, and you ha- had a hand in three of those. Yeah. It, those, they don't die. Like, they're yeah, still, you know, they're still the, special. Especially in this world right now— um, you know, the the first one was the last one that was played without a championship game, right? Right. And, and that was a cool way to earn it. Uh, and then the next two were the first two ever championship games, right? And uh, the, the way that sequence all came about is, is, you know, it can never be duplicated. So are there things you draw back upon now from your success at Wisconsin specifically oh, that you've implemented since coming back to Illinois? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think as a, um, a head coach, you know, there are so many things that I took from Barry, to, uh, Coach Alvarez, during, uh, my time that I worked under him, right, as our defense coordinator, and then for sure seven years of experience there. Um, but I, I do remember the day when I got the job. One of the best things I heard that day uh, was from Bill Snyder, who actually worked with Coach Alvarez under Barry, under a Hayden staff at Iowa. Um, he's like, "Hey, you've been uh, under some great coaches, right? Hayden Fry, uh, Kirk Ferentz, uh, Bill Snyder, uh, Barry Alvarez. You know, but you got the job today because of who you are, right? Um, don't ever forget that. And with that, also coupled with um, you know, don't be afraid to emulate, take from, and, and the learning experience you've had, but make sure you put your own flavor on it. So that's what I've definitely tried to do. What are you expecting, um, you know, as a team this year? It's year two. You, you mentioned you have a lot of Badgers. I, I wanted, before I forget about it, Aaron Henry, yeah. first person I ever interviewed 
covering stuff. Two, right? 2007, I believe, was his freshman year. Yeah. Um, but either way, just wanted to mention that. Great guy. Unbelievable guy. Great guy. Year two, though, what are the – what are those goals? Have the goals changed? Do you change? Like, is it championship or is it what? Like, what are your goals for each yeah. individual season? Does that change each year? And and each year you're trying to build the program up. You know, so interesting. You know, just ask a question about what I take from Wisconsin, right? So, one of the traditions I still have to this day was something I learned through coach. And um, the, you know, I can set goals and parameters for any time during the year, right? But the season goals are ones that need to be coming from the players. So I learned this through him. Uh, the players will vote on team team goals uh, about 10 days out from our opener. And, and we'll start the day with a bunch of recommendations, and we'll narrow it down and whittle it down, and the players decide the goals, right? Because it really doesn't matter what I think or what I want. It's what they want to accomplish. So uh, I will tell you the daily mission, I think it's just better understood now, right? So um, as, as uh, people in the, in the building, right, we communicate, we talk, and we, we give information, but Sometimes maybe it's not being learned or it's not. Being uh, understood as well. There we go. I think now entering year two, it's it's easy to see that our players know and understand what the expectations are and what what they need to do. Uh, quick before we let you go, really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Is there anything, any restaurants in Madison, like any uh-huh. any sites you got to get back to? No, well, not on that trip, there won't be anything. When a team travels, you know, for us, um, we, we pretty much travel in the day before the game. We usually do all of our practice, all of our facilities, all of our, uh, our meetings, uh, and then fly, and we land usually somewhere around what would be mealtime. Uh, we'll be at the, uh, I believe we're at the Marriott West, if I'm not mistaken, um, and we'll uh, have our, our team meal. Uh, we usually start meetings about 7.30, and those go to about 9. Uh, so we'll have e- evening meetings, and then we have uh, 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 basically a, a, a team snack for those guys. Usually hydration. Don't know what time the game is yet, but um, usually something to kind of put them to bed. And then I actually meet with my coordinators uh, after meetings, and we kind of go through uh, overall simple game plan analysis. Any last minute, you know, sometimes – this COVID world we're in, like you may have a guy pop up or whatever it is. So we kind of have a, a, a meeting with our, our my uh, coordinators, all three, offense, defense, special teams coordinator. And then the next day is really just kind of get up and roll. If it's a later game, we'll actually supplement it with we might go to the stadium. We might do things during the day. But uh, I, I won't be uh, won't be visiting anywhere in Madison besides the stadium. All right. Before we do let you go, I have to – this is a little bit selfish on yep. my part here. Um, back in the day when you were at Arkansas – Yeah. Uh, the karma thing, right? The karma thing? The, the karma, like the hashtag karma oh, that, yeah. that went yeah, out yeah. there. Um, I may have used it once or twice. I got you. And I feel like that may have led to me getting blocked on Twitter from me or from by you. Excellent. I'm wondering if it's possible to get unblocked because I feel like I haven't, u- I haven't used it in a long time. And I, and I really enjoy following you. Yeah. So I was wondering if that would be a possibility. I can definitely look into it. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Great. That's, that's all I can ask. That's, that's all a better I can answer ask. than we expected. Awesome. Coach, really appreciate Absolutely. the time. Good luck this season. Be safe. There you go. Hey, kudos to Zach for stepping up and having the conies to do it. And uh, Brett Bielema to say, uh, it's something I'll consider. I'll look into. That's awesome. That's awesome. stuff. Now, was Bielema smiling or did he look at him like, you piece of garbage? I don't think his facial expression changed the entire interview. So I honestly, it was a warmer answer than I expected. I kind of expected some eye roll and then, you know, he ran away. But no, I think he, I at least saw a little bit of the humor in it.
That is awesome. That is awesome. Good stuff. I texted Zach, and I would play the breaking news sounder if I got the other answer. I said, did Brett unblock? Zach says, nope. Nope. Not yet. Okay, maybe we uh, start tweeting at Brett Bielema, hashtag unblock Zach. I was going to get that trending, but then I just thought that would get me blocked too, and I don't want that. (laughs) Well, it shows you how much I follow Bielema, or at least read his stuff, is because I had to go back and see if I was blocked, because I haven't seen his stuff in a while. I'm not, but I had to go back and check, so maybe maybe I'll do it. And It's kind of like what you don't know isn't there to begin with. You know, if you get blocked, well, then so be it. And if you don't and it works, then Zach is a happy guy. Might not be a bad way to go, right? Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. So that was That's the highlight stuff. in addition to P.J. Fleck and every Minnesota player. When you ask them how they're doing, they all say, oh, I'm doing elite. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, 100%. I can go find uh, Tanner Morgan did it. The quarterback Fleck did it. Apparently it's a thing that if you if you're a grad assistant – and you're in the hallway, and someone asks you how you're doing, and you don't say elite, that's grounds for firing. At Minnesota. Correct. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. I've also heard rumblings that when Fleck walks into his meeting room and the players don't clap loud enough, he leaves and then comes back in. Wow. Okay. Well, there you have it. Um, oh, <laughs> I wonder how loud they'll clap when he gets canned. <laughs> Them you or know, us. I wonder, if the, I wonder if that clap is louder than the clap of him walking into the, uh, into the room. That's, he, that's what I'm going to wonder. He was also a big Wisconsin Dells guy in his childhood. Right, right. Yep. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, here's the thing. Uh, speaking of the Dells. You know what I saw? And I know this is completely, completely off topic, but you brought it up and it just reminded me. You know what's out there? Quick Trip has blow-up inflatables of their Glazer Donuts. You know, like the tubes that you take down in the Dells? What, it's just a donut? I'm just It's just a giant donut, it, but you <laughs> blow it up, and it looks like a giant Glazer Donut. It, somebody posted this the other day to me. And said, hey, you know, it was a close-up picture. I'm like, oh, it's a glazer. I I don't know how I knew it. I just knew it. It's a glazer from from Quick Trip. So then they took the shot back and panned back, and it wasn't on a table. It was on like a a tarp that kind of looked like a table, looked like a blacktop table, but it was on a tarp. And then the guy standing there with it under his arm and (laughs) said, I'm off to the Dells. He's, he's got a giant glazer inflatable donut. I, I don't know what. I'm just saying the Dells made me think of that. But anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I got gl- glazer donuts seeping into my my subconscious, I guess, that are coming forefront. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. This portion of the program, not brought to you by the Glazer Donuts, but uh, brought to you by, at this point in time, our friends from Robert's Specialty Meats downtown in Waukesha. Sunset Drive, to be exact. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com for the best in brats, hot dogs, but oh, those Al Capone roasts, oh, those steaks, oh, those ribs on a stick. 
perfect for tailgating. They've got the garlic parm chicken skewers as well. So much good stuff down there at Robert's Specialty Meats. Sunset Drive in Waukesha. They're getting a whole new facade out front, too, as a matter of fact, on the building. But go to uh, Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha. Dot com and it makes your mouth water. Robert Specialty Meets Waukesha.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sunday, September 4th. As a matter of fact, I'm getting some, uh, some emails here during the show from our friends at the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department and the Police Department uh, just kind of coordinating as uh, the motorcycle ride is uh, the details are really coming together when it comes to all the behind-the-scenes stuff and coordinating uh, the police escort. So anyway, Sunday, September 4th, we cannot do it without you. Please, please, please put it on your calendar if you're a motorcycle rider or if you know someone who is. Also, here's another note. Uh, we could use some volunteers just at the beginning. Even if you ride, you can still come help us stage bikes, help us take care of all of that, and then ride with us. But we need some people that are willing to be some volunteers and to help stage the bikes. Since we have such a large amount uh, of bikes, we're looking for additional volunteers. So if you ride, great. You can still ride along. It's no problem. We just need you to stage bikes. If you don't ride and you still want to participate in some way, shape, or form, this might be a great way to do it. But get a hold of me. You can email me thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, or just hit me up over on Facebook, uh, the Facebook fan page, uh, or even on the ride page, or you can go directly to fisherhousewi.org and volunteer there. Anyway, uh, we need you. So please uh, put a note on your calendar, Sunday, September 4th, the motorcycle ride benefiting military members, veterans, and their families. It's the Ride for Fisher House, our 15th annual coming up, and I'll give you some more details regarding that. Coming up here in just a little bit. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah, yeah, I'm there you go. Thank you very much. <laughs> Mason Crosby, the uh, kicker for the Green Bay Packers. Welcome back to the program. He is. Uh, he had a chance yesterday to sit down and chat with some of the media members, including our own Mike Clemens. And uh, obviously he's starting on the pup list, which raised a few eyebrows about his uh, physical health and his condition. Uh, this is Mason Crosby sitting down talking with the media. Here you go. What uh, what's holding you back right now? You know, I just uh, I had a little my knee got a little tweaked there in uh, in OTAs and uh, just trying to manage that and um, you know when you do something long enough, there's always like you know there's something uh, that uh, every once in a while you got to deal with and uh, yeah, I'm, so I'm just dealing with a you know a little little right knee thing right now. So I'm not a doctor, but you were at the soccer game, and you could see that you had little band-aids on your knee. <laughs> You're um, not a doctor? I'm not, nor do I play <laughs> one in the locker room. Yeah. But, but you've done a hell of a lot during your career, and yeah. that right knee is pretty valuable. Yeah. How concerned are you, and how is the timeline kind of looking for you to be able to be back to being yourself? You know, I feel like our, our plan and our, you know the, the process that we've been going through so far is uh, you know is, is really good. So um, you know I'm, I'm feeling stronger every day. I'm feeling like uh, you know I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. So obviously. Week one is the most important thing, um, but uh, you know I'm I'm pushing and you know staying staying on a you know a really good regiment so that we don't have any setbacks, don't have any things where it's like okay you know knee doesn't feel good and uh, you know we're uh, you know pushing through that so so plan is. 
to be ready for week one, um, but you know, start uh, you know, start progressing uh, you know here in the next couple weeks or so. Did, did you have the procedure shortly after OTAs wrapped then? Yeah, I did. It was you know just a you know a minor scope thing. Uh, you know, it's I, I like to say it's like an oil change. You know, it's like. <laughs> So after after doing something you know repetitive for a long period of time, um, you know there's there's going to be some stuff that uh, you know I just didn't feel like I could uh, you know really really push through and you know try to grind through and you know for me that's always my thing is just you know put your head down and keep working keep going and uh, you know now it it just gives me a definitive like you know kind of stepping stone of like hitting marks and things like that but I feel like my progress is really good so far and uh, you know I'm, I'm expecting a full full recovery uh, it's not uh, not something that's going to linger or be a problem and it ruined your golf season it did slow down yes <laughs> yeah so uh you know the golf game oneida is not uh has not seen me out there in a while but uh yeah hopefully hopefully it doesn't affect that uh you know in the long term either year 17 for you do you feel like you have There you go. That's it. Mason Crosby talking to the media. Just kind of cut out. We've had some technical things going on today. Some weird stuff happening. But nevertheless, um, Mason Crosby just waiting to come back, getting the okay. Had, and the right knee is the knee that he kicks with. So obviously uh, that's you know an area of concern. And you always wait and see how things are going to heal, uh, what kind of soreness there's going to be once he gets back onto the field. But you got to think that it's going to be sooner rather than later. So there you go. Um, some other news around the rest uh, of the NFL, by the way, the, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost their pro bowl center today. Non-contact drill looks like it was quote, a serious injury. So, uh, not quite sure, uh, what specifically it is as of yet, but, uh, you already have one significant injury to an offensive lineman in training camp, uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if they lose their starting Starting center, man, that's that's detrimental. Now, again, you know, when you talk about a Pro Bowl guy, whenever you lose that, it gives you an entire season to work a new man into that position. But that's that's tough, man. If you lose somebody specifically for the entire year uh, in training camp during a non-contact drill, but this is the reason why. Going back to what Mark Daniel said, you know, training camp isn't the way training camp was. It's just not. You know, um, it, it's. You know, I remember two-a-days, board drills, sprints, you know, a lot of running because that was when you came into camp to get into shape. Now they expect you to be in shape. It's it's not about that anymore. And it, and it was two-a-days, remember? It was like two, two-hour practice. You were like on the field for four hours installing plays, installing your offense, getting it ready. Now it's about an hour and a half. Then it's classroom testing, going over what it is you just learned, taking a look at the film that you just had, you know, trying to, you know, get the most out of it physically and mentally without being physical, so to speak. So it just, uh, just a whole different atmosphere from 10 years ago, from 15 years ago, from 20 years ago. I mean, I started covering the NFL back in, you know, 1990 and that was still two a days and, you know, it was it was pretty grueling, specifically in the heat. But man, it just uh, it's it's just not the same today with all the changes that have gone on with the players' association. Obviously, with the amount of money that you're paying some of these guys, the Packers rookie receiver Romeo Dubs, kind of the early star so far in the first couple of days, uh, made some big plays each of the first two practices, Wednesday and today, including a. Couple 
touchdown catches from Aaron Rodgers. Remember, I I had said at the time when they drafted him and you started to look at him, as much as Christian Watson looks the part, and as I think Wayne Larry said it best, you have to understand it, but he said he's not really grown into his body yet. And by that is, you got all the physical attributes. You just kind of got to put it all together. You know, you, you have to... You have to put it all together with your your knowledge, your reaction, your you know, your your abilities, your physical attributes go with your mental attributes and what you want your body to do in that split second. So he's still growing into that. But uh, Matt Lafleur, who wants consistency, Dubs has been consistent so far. He uh, produced back to back one thousand yard seasons to finish his career at Nevada, and they're I'm not going to say they're really relying on him. But I thought if there's going to be a rookie standout, I think it's going to be Dubs more so than Christian Watson. Christian Christian Watson, I think, has a higher ceiling. But Romeo Dubs might be the guy. And early on in practice, he has shown all the ability to run routes, catch passes, and have good hands uh, with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football, without a doubt. So speaking of uh, having the hands, Alan Lazard, you're going to hear from him as well coming up in the program stay tuned we got a lot more of the bill michael show coming up right after this this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Summer's still here. If you're looking for a boat, if you're looking for service, or maybe as it starts to uh, wind down, you get into September and October, they're also talking about storage. Um, winterization, covering it, wrapping it, that kind of stuff. Get a hold of our friends over there at Skipper Buds. Go to skipperbuds.com or get a hold of my buddy Todd out there in uh, Waukesha, Pewaukee area, 262-544-1200, 262-544-1200. Huge selection of yachts, pontoons, sport and deck boats, fishing boats. They've got it all. Pontoons arriving like almost daily. they got all kinds of stuff coming in all the damn time out there. Stop in and check it out. Speaking of Pewaukee, real quick, our friends over at the Sunset Grill, if you're on a boat, they have the docks out. Stop in, pull up, tie up, then head on over, stand on the deck, head inside, cool off a little bit. But they've got great food, great beverages, all different types, craft brews and such. But uh, that's Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Sunset Grill, Pewaukee. Stop in. Tell Trish, who runs the place, we said hi. Uh, Walk in and ask for Trish. And just say, hey, Trish, Bill Michael said, uh, do you still have the leather pants? you got to ask her about it. Okay? Keep asking her. See if she's got them on that day, for that matter. There you go. That's our friend, uh, friends over there at Sunset Grill, Pewaukee. Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. All right, uh, let's do this um, real quick. I, I wanted to get back into the uh, the Brewer stuff real fast because uh, apparently coming out of the second half of the season, the unofficial second half, when they got together, the Brewers had a meeting, a, an expanded team meeting, if you will, okay? And what they did as hitters was sit down with the hitting coaches and such, and they all sat down. Uh, with Connor Dawson, Ozzie Timmons, even Matt Erickson, they all sat there and said, "Okay, let's talk about hitting. Let's talk about our approach. Continue to work the continue to work the count. Continue to kind of you know go for good pitches. Set yourself up. Work uh, the team starters, the opponent starters, 
So, anyway, long story short, it seems to be paying off. Rowdy Telez believes the Brewers' challenging schedule, by the way, played a part in the way the team kind of uh, drifted right before the All-Star break with losses in three straight games, six of eight, and eight of 11. Uh, The Brewers played more road games in the first half than any team in baseball, including three three city trips in May and June. Telez says, quote, we were just getting tired. He said, it's not an excuse. We can be better. Not good teams win from the first day of the season to the last day. We took our break, our time away from everybody. And when we came back, we had a great talk. It was just, let's get this right. Let's get this going. We're better than we're showing offensively. Let's do this. And it took multiple rallies on Wednesday because Burns kind of had a, a rough patch to open up that second inning right after uh, Rowdy Telez had the three-run homer in the first. And it kind of went from there. But Burns settled in. He retired the next 13, as a matter of fact. And the Brewers got the lead with a five-run rally in the fourth. And uh, that was Rowdy Telez's second three-run homer of the day, by the way. And uh, then it went from there. But the offense plating 42 runs and a a mass number of walks in the in the home series to start things out averaging 8.4 runs per game at least that talk that meeting which usually baseball you don't necessarily carry over meetings it's not an adrenaline game but sometimes if you can reset the mindset it can change maybe that's what the the meeting uh, of the mind supposedly did was reset the mindset, but uh, certainly it's paid off. Now we'll see if it can continue on the road. Off today, back at it again tomorrow. They're at uh, Fenway in Boston with a weekend series with the Red Sox. Interleague play begins for the Brewers, uh, at least on the road. They, they just had it with the Twins. but uh, So we'll see. But uh, a good start. Now you wait and see what's going to happen next. Benintendi is now a New York Yankee. Josh Bell's still out there. There's talk about J.D. Martinez in Boston. So as we talked about a little bit about yesterday, could the Brewers go into Boston with Martinez in one dugout and leave with him in their dugout? You know, we'll see what they end up doing if they pull anything off. Or is Josh Bell or somebody else in the crosshairs? But uh, the Yankees got ben- Benintendi and uh, just – Needed him for a few weeks, so they went out and got him. It's just, uh, again, almost blatantly unfair the way things are done. But that being said, uh, that was one of the first moves, real moves to be made. Uh, Otani is possibly out there now. He could be on the uh, trade blocks. Obviously, there's Juan Soto, who's out there right now. He's a guy that could be on the trade blocks. So there's, there's many other players of big ilk that could be out there, and some of those those mid-level guys uh, could end up falling, and maybe the maybe the Brewers walk away with a little bit less. So anyway, uh, just one of those things. But the Brewers offensively silly, seem really to kind of put it together in these uh, last couple of series, which is a good sign. Uh, now, whether or not they can actually keep that going, we'll have to wait and see. But I'll tell you this, Hunter Renfro hitting the absolute hell out of the baseball right now. He started the unofficial second half of the season on fire, smoking it. So we'll see if Hunter Renfro, who is going back to Boston, coming over from Boston, going back to Boston, we'll see if Hunter Renfro is able to pick up where he left off 
and uh, continue to play extremely well, especially in the series going back to Fenway. So cross your fingers. Good stuff. Um, what else do we got coming up? We got Alan Lazard coming up. We're going to hear from him. We got uh, Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. She's coming up just after the top of the hour to begin the final hour of the program. So, Ben, um, real quick, I know that there was some, a lot of discussion, and I thought it was interesting uh, regarding the Big Ten. And I want to get back into this coming up after the break. But uh, with college football, the expansion, I know Barry Alvarez addressed it a little bit. When you guys were there, when you and Zach were at the Big Ten media days, did you get the sense – that the Big Ten is, one, not done, but that, you know, was there a lot of talk about Notre Dame and what Notre Dame is or isn't going to do? Yeah, just because they feel like the first domino in everything. Definitely do not get the sense the Big Ten is done. Kevin Warren said that we're entering a three- to five-year period of real change in the sport, kind of pointing to we're at 16 or we will be soon but that number could rise if the situation, you know, presents itself. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk really amongst the media members about Notre Dame, but nothing concrete. I think it's the mm-hmm. same. It's really on their clock what they decide to do. Well, let's talk about this when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, talk a little bit about Big Ten, possibly college football expansion, the playoffs as well. We'll get into that discussion. After the top of the hour, go back into the Packers chatter. Lily's out from Fox 6. Going to hear from her. She's going to join us live from up in Green Bay, I believe. And then after that, we're also going to hear from Alan Lazard. as uh, He spoke with the media as well, and uh, he's obviously being relied upon heavily from Aaron Rodgers and company. So we got a lot yet to go. We're not done by any stretch of the imagination. Hang in there. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held their first practice in helmets and shorts. Matt LaFleur kicked things off with a morning press conference. You guys don't seem as excited as I am. <laughs> LaFleur begins his fourth season as head coach. It's always exciting just to get everybody back in the, in the building. And I'll tell you what kind of got the juices going was just going to that soccer match the other night. Packers GM Brian Gutekunst revealed the left tackle David Bakhtiari is on the PUP list after having another knee surgery this spring. Dave had a very significant injury, uh, much more than just an ACL. He did have another procedure in the offseason, but I think that, uh, you know, we're cautiously optimistic. This is the third knee surgery for Bakhtiari in 19 months. Obviously, I had surgery in the offseason, cleaned it up. Concern level, low. Really like where I'm at, especially compared to where I was just overall last year. And earlier this week, the Raiders' Devontae Adams was asked, what's it going to be like going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr? I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, you go, you know, both are, are great players and, and great to be around. Aaron Rodgers was asked what it'll be like going from Devontae Adams to Alan Lazard. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. From training camp in Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michael Show. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. It's going to be nice, beautiful, actually, out uh, specifically over the weekend. And uh, I'm telling you, you're going to sit outside, maybe watch some Brewers games, some interleague stuff. Uh, maybe you can do a little boating. 
you got a little wine. Take a little wine with you, you know, from our friends at Forgotten Fire. Like I said, they don't care. They don't care if you uh, drink red wine with white meat or if you drink white wine with ice in it. They, they, as long as you enjoy it, who cares? To each his own. But Forgotten Fire Winery, and I did uh, find out there are people walking in to uh, the Peshtigo Winery and saying, I'm looking for the Bill Michaels deal, which is awesome. So go in there and check that out. Check it out from our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. Again, ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. Stop in and uh, and check that out because uh, they're good people. They make really good wine. I mean, they, they really do. And uh, and just enjoy it. Go enjoy it. It's, it's made by Wisconsinites for Wisconsinites and everybody else that just wants to enjoy a bottle of wine or enjoy a glass of wine or a good cider. Good carbonated cider. That's our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. ForgottenFireWinery.com. Ask for it by name in your local grocery stores, liquor stores, wine stores as well. ForgottenFireWinery.com. Good, good stuff. So, Ben, going back before the commercial break, we were talking about the Big Ten, college football, the playoffs, the possibility of expansion. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. They there's a lot of talk about going beyond the, just the eight team expansion for college footballs in the playoffs. We're, they're talking about what twelve and sixteen even. Sixteen was the hot number this week at Big Ten Media Days. I Ohio State athletic director Gene Smith said mm-hmm. that specifically, and that seemed to be there was a big meeting with athletic directors before this session, and sixteen was the hot number to that. Um. So, and again, they'll figure all this out, but, you know, everybody always says, well, it's going to devalue some of the bigger bowls that are out there, like the Rose Bowl. My assumption is that those major bowls would then become the bowl games, those games for the playoffs, correct? Yeah, the Rose Bowl is tough because with the Pac-12 not being the conference it used to be, you're kind of already seeing that bowl game change in meaning, at least Mm -hmm. probably fall in meeting. And that's also independently run, from my understanding. So it's been the playoff before. We saw Georgia and Oklahoma there. So, yeah, I would expect that to happen. Really, I mean, once you get to 16-team playoff or bigger even, I think what you're going to see is no more conference championship games. Because if you have two big conferences and only those feed into the playoff, then I think you're just going to see championship weekend turn into the first round of the playoffs. It'll be more money. And I I don't know how much conference championships will matter when there are only two of them. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really it's on one hand, I hate what's going on because I love the tradition of college football. I, I just do. On the other hand, it's progress. And I believe as many things that we've been reluctant to accept in the past it's actually turned out well, specifically via intrigue and viewership and eyes and excitement and discussion, specifically in our business. Uh, it, it, it's turned into more of a positive. Uh, I go back before wild cards and such in baseball, before wild cards in football, the expansion of the football postseason and such. And obviously this past year with the extra game and an extra week and the meaning and the value to certain things and And I know it's met with uh, a little bit of disdain, and we like to hang on to what was. But I think once we see it, we kind of go, oh, okay, this is good. This is, it it can't be a bad thing. I mean, I know that for a long time, there were people that were just pissed off 
that uh, they went to a college football playoff and started to, quote, devalue the bowl games. But it's actually turned out to be pretty pretty good. And it's, it's so much better than going back into the old days where the writers would vote and then the college football um, – uh, the, the the poll system was there, and then you could end up with splits of co-champions, and so it just it, it was so dysfunctional. It, but we hated it. We 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 didn't want to move on. And then when we did, we thought, okay, this is good. And then if this is good, well, more is better. So now we want more. We want more playoffs. So instead of eight teams, now they're talking sixteen teams, which that would buy more than cover any of the teams that we've even discussed uh, that's been, you know, kind of put on the outside looking in, if you can't make it into the one of the top 16 and you're sitting on the bubble, well, that's your own damn fault, for lack of a better term. And it'll really get into the analysis of numbers and metrics and RPI and strength of schedules and who's doing what. And so home game versus road game, I mean, it'll really put an emphasis on that, unless, you're, of course, you're in the, you know, top five, top ten. But it'll really put an emphasis on that stuff as well. So... I know it's not something that everybody wants to necessarily embrace, but I think by the time it's all said and done, we will. So they're waiting for Notre Dame to fall. And I know they talked about this being a very, uh, you know, kind of a tread forward, but slowly kind of time. Who else is ripe for the picking when it comes to the Big Ten, do you think? So schools that were mentioned, there was a report. I don't know if I'm fully on board with it, but there was a report that the Big Ten was targeting Pac-12 schools, including Cal, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon for expansion. Um, Stanford, Stanford makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, because Kevin Warren also talked part of the whole UCLA-LA thing is that there are so many Big Ten alumni there. There are also, mm-hmm. someone connected the dot, there are a lot in San Francisco. But I don't know if I believe the report necessarily because I don't know why the Big Ten would do it at this point. Plus, I wonder why that report got out. It's probably the Big 12 and the schools maybe trying to increase their value, if you will. Right. So I don't know. Until something happens, I'm not really believing anything. But definitely those Pac-12 schools. I think you kind of hold off, like you said. Uh, The linchpin is going to be Notre Dame. You wait and see what Notre Dame does. And then after that, I think everybody begins to scramble after that. But Notre Dame, in the meantime, trying to work their own deal to remain independent. Now, we're going to see if they're going to get $75 million a year plus out of NBC. And if they do, well, then uh, their chances, I think, of joining an actual conference, I think, are going to be few and far between. Unless, of course, conferences say, you know what? We're not going to schedule you. We're going to be done with it. And then you go play the minor schedules, the minor conferences, which you may go beat up on them and you may be Notre Dame. But I still think you find yourself on the outside looking in when it comes to uh, cracking the top 10, top 5 consistently because you're not playing enough of a schedule within that conference or two to be... I, that's a, that's if they do it. Otherwise, Notre Dame just brings money to the table. Stay tuned. Another hour yet to go. Lily Zhao of Fox 6 talking Packers football going to join us coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.